Hi, and welcome to the Part 3 with me podcast. The show that helps Part 3 students jumpstart into their careers as qualified architects and also to provide refresher episodes for practicing architects. I am your host, Maria Scudari. And this week, we will be talking about the importance of building information modeling, also known as BIM, in construction. So today's episode meets PC2 and PC3 of the Part 3 criteria. So I'm sure you're all aware of BIM and its growing importance within the construction industry. And I just wanted to expand today on its value and how it benefits construction projects, providing you with a better understanding of what it consists of and why it's so widely used uh, in the industry. So let's start by defining what building information modeling, uh, also known as BIM, Uh, what it is. So the government construction strategy first published the BIM strategy in 2011, following the publication and recommendations made in the Latham report and the Egan report, which included a phased rollout of building information modeling. So the government's BIM task group website defines BIM as value creating collaboration through the entire life cycle of an asset underpinned by the creation, collation and exchange of shared 3D models and intelligent structured data attached to them. So essentially BIM uses advanced computer systems to build 3D models of infrastructure, bringing together all the information about every component of a building, including its design, operation and condition in one place, making it possible for everyone to access that information for any purpose resulting in the reduction of mistakes and discrepancies uh, usually made when different consultants coordinate information so it minimizes abortive time and costs. So BIM embeds key product and asset data in a 3D uh, computer model that can be used for effective management of information throughout the asset's life cycle from concept to operation. So BIM projects are intelligent in that they assess the objects around them and react to any change in the parameters they have been assigned, which as a result highlight clashes and coordination issues with other systems when they can't adjust to the information adjacent to them. But BIM is not just a piece of software, it's also the process which enables the whole team to collaborate and coordinate the design towards a common output. So what are the key benefits of using uh, BIM? So BIM enables collaborative working among project team members to achieve sustainable outcomes. It provides complete coordination of components of the building, facilitating the review, analysis, and elimination of discrepancies and clashes. It enables prefabrication and design for manufacturer opportunities. It provides automatic scheduling and costing of elements and components. It monitors the design environmental targets and production of early visualizations for user and planning consultants. It also enables measurements of whole life cycle uh, costs and life cycle analysis, including embodied energy calculations. It promotes elimination of waste within the design, construction and maintenance processes. Uh, It provides uh, an online cloud base uh, model, providing 24-hour access, and it enables the facilities management teams to measure actual performance and record future changes and upgrades. 
So how does it assist the different parties to a project and how do they benefit from its use? So the client can decide a stage one, whether they will adopt a BIM approach or leave the choice of methodology to the design team. So at planning stage, BIM enables designers, owners and users to work together to produce the best possible designs and test them before they are built through the use of 3D imagery, cutaways and extracts derived from the BIM model to examine plain design decisions. Then at construction stage, it enables engineers, contractors and suppliers to integrate complex components, cutting out waste and reducing the risk of errors. And it can also be used for extracting data that can be used for maintaining and operating an asset from the manufacturing and construction information. And then at the operational stage, it provides customers with real-time information about available services and maintainers with accurate assessments of the condition of assets. But in order for BIM to be successful, all parties must be willing to collaborate as BIM demands collaboration um, as an integrated team working by all contributors to the design, manufacture, construction and operation of an asset. So BIM is generally widely used by the UK government and it has made it mandatory for the use of BIM on all centrally funded public sector projects, regardless of their scale. And it is a key driver in the government's pursuit of efficiency savings. So the benefits are not only seen by public sector projects, but also the private sector, which are pursuing its use. So it is important to highlight that BIM isn't just a piece of software, but also a technology enabled process that utilizes interoperable software and methodologies. And it is a way of creating digital information about an asset. So in simple terms, it is a digital model of a building that is data enriched and defines spaces, systems, products, and materials, and addresses how those components interrelate physically and technically and looks ahead to future maintenance costs. So BIM has four levels of maturity that you may have heard of, which range from level zero to three. So level zero is the more traditional unintelligent CAD, word and spreadsheet level of information, and its outputs and distribution is via paper or electronic prints. So it's basically the old school uh, PDF drawings or DWG drawings. Then level one is of a higher level of 2D and or 3D CAD and other information that has been produced in a more collaborative manner, meaning roles and responsibilities have been agreed, naming conventions should be adopted, arrangements have been made for the creation and maintenance of the project specific codes and spatial coordination and an electronic document management system has been adopted. Then we have level two, which is the provision of 3D modeling and data produced by professionals and contractors individually, and then produced and coordinated into a federated model made subject to BIM protocols. And then we have level three, which is an even more sophisticated process whereby all different teams and discipline members use a single shared project model that can be accessed and modified by everyone. And this is known as open BIM. So looking more closely at BIM level two. So this is the method of working set in 2016 
as the minimum target by the UK government for all public sector work. So as mentioned, all parties produce and use their own 3D CAD models, but not necessarily working on a single shared model. So the collaborative element under BIM Level 2 is from how the information is exchanged between the parties, whereby design information is shared through a common file format, enabling any organization to be able to combine the data with their own to create a federated combined BIM model. So the CAD information provided by each party should be exported to either an IFC model uh, or a COBE model. So at level two BIM, it is anticipated that the participants will each produce their contribution uh, to BIM in the form of a model. And then this model is progressively enriched with data relevant to their discipline, their scope of work uh, and project stage. Then it's combined with information from other participants before being federated into a combined model. So a key feature of level two BIM is therefore uh, that BIM principles and practices are adopted by all parties in the project, whether they be clients, consultants, main contractors, subcontractors, specialists, or product suppliers, uh, in order for the federated BIM model to be produced and for that to represent a comprehensive digital representation of all aspects of the asset. So essentially, you want to have a fully combined, fully detailed model when all disciplines bring all of their models together into one. Now on the BIM level three, this method utilizes full collaboration between all disciplines through the use of a single shared model held in a centralized location whereby all parties can access and modify that same model, removing the final layer of risk for conflicting information, which is basically under BIM level two, when someone brings another discipline's model into their own, then there might be a level of discrepancy or risk there, whereas BIM level three removes this risk. So in terms of who owns the centralized model under level three, any consultant may step up to the role, but obviously the RIBA highly recommends architects take on this role. So within BIM, there are also uh, additional subsets designed to meet different types of analysis scenarios, such as 3D BIM for three-dimensional data modeling, which is basic BIM. Then you have 4D BIM, which adds construction sequence uh, options within the modeling to support uh, programming analysis. This is primarily used by contractors during the tender process to unlock the most efficient way of manufacturing and constructing the building. Then is 5D BIM, which enables adding cost data to aid the cost of modeling, budget analysis, and budget tracking. Then we have 6D BIM, which includes facilities management specific data. Then is 7D BIM, which adds sustainability information to the information set. And then you also have 8D BIM, which adds health and safety information. So the benefits uh, of all of these is that they provide more efficient site planning and scheduling, more efficient hands-off between steps in construction stages, real-time cost visualization, simplified cost analysis, it reduces energy consumption, it provides better operational management of the building or structure uh, after handover. 
So in order to promote and encourage the use of BIM, British standards have been uh, publicizing uh, to promote coordinated construction documentation and uh, information by setting out a method for managing the creation, dissemination and quality of construction information. So basically um, to promote uh, BIM British standard have produced uh, standards that um, require BIM or how to meet necessary uh, levels of BIM. Uh, then you also have the publicly available specifications also known as PASS that have also uh, put been put together to encourage the use of BIM. Uh, the most important one for a BIM-enabled project is PASS 1192-2 for the specification for information management for the capital delivery phase of uh, construction projects using building information modeling. So this uh, document introduces the use of employees information requirements, which is a pre-tender document setting out the information to be delivered and the standards and processes to be adopted by the supplier as part of the project delivery process. So this may define the asset information requirements, the maintained information model used to manage, maintain and operate the asset. The past document also introduces the BIM execution plan, which is a plan prepared in response to the employee's information requirements to explain how the information modeling aspects of a project will be carried out. Uh, the document also sets out the master information delivery plan, which is a primary plan for when project information is to be prepared, who will prepare it, and using what protocols and procedures, incorporating relevant task information uh, delivery plans. Uh, it also sets out the project information model, which is an information model developed during the design and construction phase of a project. Uh, so the project information model is developed firstly as a design intent model, showing the architectural and engineering intentions of those responsible for design. Uh, and then it is developed into a virtual construction model containing all the objects to be manufactured, installed or constructed and these are combined to allow design, manufacturing, and construction. The document also sets out Industry Foundation Class, also known as IFC, which is an object-based format to enable exchange of information between different software and collaborators. Uh, IFC is an official standard and contains geometric as well as other data. So when you export your model from Revit, you usually export it in IFC if you are using Revit, or if you're using any other uh, building um, software, then you probably would still be exporting an IFC model to enable other consultants to bring it into their model. Uh, then under the PASS document, you also have the common data environment, which is a single digital source of information for any given project used to collect, manage, and disseminate all relevant approved project documents for multidisciplinary teams in a managed process. It also sets out the asset information model, which is a maintained information model used to manage, maintain and operate the asset. This is generated for the project information model. Then it also sets out COBE, 
which stands for uh, construction into operation of building information exchange, which is a structured facility information for the commissioning, operation and maintenance of a project, often in the format of a neutral spreadsheet that will be used to supply data to the employer or operator to populate decision-making tools, facilities management and asset management systems. Uh, it also sets out the level of definition, which is the minimum level of graphical and non-graphical information detail required at each stage of the project, together with the responsibility for its incorporation into BIM. Uh, then the next item the past document outlines is the BIM protocol, which creates the obligation for suppliers to provide specific BIM at defined levels of detail and also provides necessary additional protections for the producers of information through the inclusion of BIM specific licenses. Uh, it also sets out the government soft landings, uh, which is also known as GSL. So GSL is a UK government initiated project uh, handover protocol and the phrase soft landing is used to describe the need for a smooth uh, transfer from the design or construction stage to the operational stage of a newly built uh, asset. And GSO has been developed to help drive better outcomes for assets undergoing design and construction. And lastly, the PASS uh, document also outlines classification, which is a consistent approach to data classification, uh, which is necessary and can be shared across the professional disciplines the manufacturing and construction industries and by operators. So essentially the classification uh, is uh, identified by all these uh, different disciplines. So it helps them read the model or the information better because everyone knows the classifications used. Now looking at the BIM protocol process more specifically, the use of a protocol is the most effective way of ensuring the activities of all project participants are controlled so that BIM mechanisms and standards are applied from concept through to the delivery of the project. So where BIM is to be used, it is now recognized as important for contracts to clarify the party's rights and obligations as they relate to BIM, which can be done through the use of a protocol and the incorporation of that protocol into the contract. So the parties can use uh, standard forms available or may wish to develop their own bespoke uh, protocols. So the BIM protocol document will commonly sit as an appendix to the appointment documentation for professional consultants and to the main contract for the contractor with a requirement for the protocol where applicable to be stepped down to the contractor supply chain. So to be of most value to the complete life cycle of the asset, BIM requirements should be defined at the outset and led by the employer. So in considering the common features of a BIM protocol, it is instructive to refer to the CIC uh, BIM protocol. So this includes obligations on the members of the project team to produce models at certain stages which must be produced and delivered in accordance with the information requirements. So BIM protocol should set out who will be responsible for information management and the person allocated will most likely be an existing member of the project team, 
albeit the responsibility may pass to different members of this team over the life of the project. So for example, the information manager may be a member of the design team to begin with, and this responsibility may then pass to the contractor if the contractor is to be responsible for the completion of the design as well as for the construction. So the protocol provides the means of ensuring models are produced as required throughout the project's design development and through the construction phase. So the specific commitments required to any contract for the incorporation of a chosen BRIM uh, protocol should be considered on an individual basis and care should be taken to ensure that there is no conflict between the relevant contract provisions and the chosen BIM protocol. So JCT contracts consider that in the event of any conflict between the contract provisions and the chosen BIM protocol, it is the contract provisions that should prevail in that instance. So that covers uh, what I wanted to discuss today in terms of BIM. Uh, so to sum up what I discussed, uh, BIM uses advanced computer systems to build 3D models of infrastructure and hold large amounts of information about its design, operation and current condition. It enables collaborative working among project teams and provides a complete coordination of components of the building, facilitating the review, analysis and elimination of discrepancies and clashes. It enables measurements of whole life costs and life cycle analysis, including embodied energy calculations. BIM has four levels of maturity, level zero to three. Level zero is the more traditional unintelligent CAD. Level one is of a higher level of 2D and or 3D CAD and other information that has been produced in a more collaborative manner. Level two is the provision of 3D modeling and data produced by professionals and contractors individually and then produced and coordinated into a combined model. Level three is even more sophisticated where all different team and discipline members use a single shared project model and can be accessed and modified by everyone. BIM Level 2 is the benchmark for all public sector projects. To promote and encourage the use of BIM, British standards and the publicly available specifications have publicised the number of BIM standards as they are known, setting out uh, methods for managing the creation, dissemination and quality of construction information. And the most key is the BIM protocol, which provides the most effective way of ensuring the activities of all project participants are controlled so that BIM mechanisms and standards are applied from concept through to the delivery of the project. Now, as always, I like to provide you guys with a scenario just to put what I just went through into context. So your manager has sent you a note saying that they would like you to put together a document setting out key issues uh, in terms of other CAD uh, software. Then they would like to know how BIM works in the broadest sense, how it is used by architects, engineers and other consultants and explain why contractors like it so much and how subcontractors fit in. So you are to suggest briefly how um, the practice can sell uh, ourselves to the client as being BIM proficient in terms of benefits to them. And you are also expected to provide direct thoughts to the director and what is important from their perspective. So you would start by um, 
outlining the key issues of use of CAD. So the key issues you can say is that they are much more time consuming than BIM. There are more discrepancies and misunderstandings when information is exchanged between consultants. When using CAD, it's more complicated to use and not user-friendly. Uh, there are more suitable for industrial design industries, which require 2D information more. And they are typically inaccurate or uncoordinated information, leading to more expenses and time. So then you can start outlining how BIM works. So BIM uh, brings together all the information for every component in a 3D computer model that can be used by all design team members for any purpose. Uh, then you can mention that it's a technology which enables a technology process that utilizes interoperable software and methodologies. It's used to create digital information of a building that is data enriched, defining spaces, systems, products and materials. And it also addresses how components are interrelated physically and technically and looks into the future maintenance needs. Now, in terms of how architects use it, engineers and other consultants. So you can say that different consultants use BIM to integrate their different strategies into one model, reducing mistakes or discrepancies and minimizing abortive costs and time. It enables all consultants from early stages to work together to produce the best possible designs and to test different ideas within the model before they are built. Uh, they offer common maturity levels used by consultants, uh, which is currently mainly level two BIM, which enables consultants to produce their models individually and then coordinate and combine them into a federated model. Then you can also mention that consultants use BIM models to illustrate the entire building life cycle from cradle to cradle, from inception to demolition and materials reused. Uh, so that sets out how uh, architects and other disciplines use it. Then you can move on to say how uh, contractors use it and their expectations of subcontractors. So contractors are very supportive of BIM since it enables them to integrate complex components, uh, cutting out waste and reducing risk of errors. All the specifications and data required for each component of the building is detailed within BIM. And if done correctly from inception, the contractor will not require any further information during construction, since BIM will enable them to have the information they require within one model. Contractors are now expecting manufacturers through the use of BIM to provide richer products with all the information required within a variety of BIM formats. Contractors also expect subcontractors to have BIM-ready data for quicker and easier implementation into the actual building model. Uh, they also use the BIM protocol, which creates obligations for suppliers and subcontractors to provide specified BIM at defined levels of detail. And the BIM protocol also provides necessary additional protections for the producers of information through the use of inclusion of BIM specific licenses. And contractors can also use BIM to understand a building's life cycle and identify complicated construction methods in quicker and more efficient manners. Now, when it comes to the practice itself and how you can sell it to the director, 
Uh, you can mention that through the use of BIM, all staff members will be working more efficiently, saving both time and money on projects, which will be of great benefit to um, the clients. Uh, since BIM is used to promote collaboration and team working with other consultants, the practice will improve uh, their relationship with other consultants, resulting in less conflict, less expenses, um, more time efficiency and happier clients. Uh, since it has become a mandatory tool from the government to use Level 2 BIM on all public uh, sector projects, um, it's uh, obvious that the practice will need to start training staff members anyway to allow them to win more public sector work. You can also highlight that it will provide clients with real-time information about available services and maintenance with accurate assessments of the condition of assets, thus recognizing and dealing with future maintenance issues from inception. Uh, then we should definitely promote this to clients to set up BIM projects uh, for success requiring and appointing all consultants to produce BIM models and it should be contractually required to adopt common ways of working, so contributing to effective uh, project working and collaboration. And once our clients have become more aware of the process, they will be more inclined to use uh, BIM anyway. So the quicker we become more ready and trained for BIM, the more clients we will attract and contractors will be more willing to work with the practice. So that should cover everything you would need to mention to your manager in order to sell uh, the use of BIM uh, and to outline how the different consultants use it and why it's of benefit to both the practice and the client. So that concludes today's episode. If you would like to get in contact with me, please feel free to email me on the address provided in the show notes. Thank you for listening. This is an educational show aimed at supporting the future generation of architects. The information, opinions and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. Please join me next week for some more Part 3 with me too. Oh, 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 oh,